you know, I had kind of experienced this past week. Um, I was in the kitchen with my, with my boys, and they were next to me, and I was cooking. And all of a sudden, my youngest, Carson, says, Mom, Mom, what is that? And so I'm like, what? And I look over, and he's pointing to the skin that's jiggling underneath my arm while I'm stirring. And I'm like... I mean, you know, and really, the, like, the deal is, is we've been watching what we're eating. Like, Dwayne has been helping us try to figure all that out. We've been going to the gym. You know, I'm feeling better. And he's, like, playing with it. And it's like, Mom, what is that? I'm like, get off. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And then even last night before Saturday night service, I'll share this with you because it happened right before Saturday, and I shared it with them. But I was getting dressed, and I had on just black pants with some leopard shoes, and they were flats because I thought, you know, it's Saturday night. I'm just going to be a little bit more casual in like a white T-shirt, and I had it kind of tucked in. And so my youngest comes in there, and she has a little step stool. She gets on the step stool, and she looks at me, and she's like, are you wearing that? I was like, um, I was planning, I thought about it, <laughs> I thought about it, and then she goes, um, I said, well, I was thinking about it, and she looked at me and said, um, just not the shirt and the shoes. She said, it kind of looks like pajamas or play clothes. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, wow, and then I turned to my husband, and he's in the bedroom, he's like, yeah, I kind of agree. I'm like, Really, really people, like, come on, so needless to say, I changed clothes for Saturday night. I was not wearing the shoes and that shirt. And so, you know, it's a fact, though, that sometimes those closest to us are the ones that can hurt us the most. And that's just because of the special place that they actually, that they really hold in our heart. And, you know, we laugh about these stories, um, but, you know, sometimes it's not that easy. Like, sometimes it's, it's we can't just laugh it off. And it, it hurts us a little bit more than somebody telling you you look like you're wearing pajamas. And we really just have to realize that we will be hurt in our lives. We will be hurt or offended at some point. We can't avoid it. We're, it's it's going to happen. It even tells us that in Scripture. In Luke chapter 17, verse 1, it says, offenses will certainly come. And so the Bible is telling us that, that it's coming. It will happen. And so we have to just know how to handle that. And so sometimes it can come from our spouse or loved ones or family. It can come from our kids. But sometimes it can even come at church. And, you know, the truth is, is God, I mean, the enemy wants to cause division. He wants, he wants that. He wants to cause division and separation. He wants us to become isolated. Because when, it happen, when that happens at church, then we stop receiving and we stop believing. It's just this slow progression. And then, because ultimately, he's after your relationship with God. That's really what he's after. But he starts and he uses hurt and offense. And so it is important, it is really critical on how we respond when we are hurt or offended. And so today we're going to talk about some of the most, some, of, some common responses that we can tend to have. Um, and then also just talk about how God wants us to respond. And uh, so some of the, one of the first most common responses is just blowing up. Has anybody ever blown up before? Like blown up on someone? Like that's just where somebody says something or does something and then we just react. It's like a volcano. We just erupt, right? And, you know, it, I, I'm reminded, it's kind of like, like if we're on, there's a scale from 1 to 50. And 1 is being like it didn't really bother us. And 50 is we're mad and angry and demonstrative. Well, it's like somebody says something or does something and we just go from 1 to 50. 
just do not collect go. I mean, do not stop at go. Do not collect $200. Like we didn't stop. We just reacted and went all the way to 50 and we are angry. So it's a way out of proportion response for what happened in the actual situation. And, uh, and you know, we tend to, we respond wrong. And so then they respond wrong. When we blow up, it's a, it's a wrong response. And then they respond. And then it just goes downhill from there, right? Like it's just, it is, it's not a solution. It doesn't really help anything. And it's probably why our mama said that two wrongs don't make a right, right? We respond wrong. They respond wrong. And it is, there's just, there's just not, there's just not a win in that situation. It doesn't help anyone. The Bible in Romans actually tells us in chapter 12, verse 19, do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God. And the Bible says leave room for him to work in that situation, like leave room for him to do what only God can do. And so we have to ask ourselves when we blow up, where are we leaving room for God to work in your life and their life to speak to them or anything, we're not. We're, we're really basically taking matters into our own hands. Like we're going to handle it. We're going to tell them what they did wrong, how they can fix it, and why it made us so mad, right? And, you know, I have to admit, I can relate to this one um, just because I feel like I'm a passionate person. And so sometimes that passion can, can be good, and sometimes that passion can be not so good, right? Because I'm just, I feel like I'm just passionate about everything, <laughs> And so, but a lot of times what I've learned is that when people blow up, it's because there's some hurt or offense. There's some pain underneath there somewhere. And so really when God says, don't take revenge, he's saying, I got you. Like, I feel like, you know, I don't, do you ever feel like the Holy Spirit just speaks to you in your own kind of way, like your own kind of language, like a thought will come into your mind and it's, it kind of is like how you would talk. And so I feel like, the, the Holy Spirit is saying, I got you, girl. Like, I got you. I love it when Pastor Zelda will tell me that. She always is checking on me, making sure I'm taken care of. And, and so she's like, I got you. I got you. I feel, like, I feel like that's what the Holy Spirit is saying. He's like, bro, I got you. I got this. Just let me handle it. Let me take the revenge. Because really it's about trust and surrender, right? It's about trusting him. And so he's saying, look, surrender your battles. Surrender those things to me. And trust me, trust me that I'm going to take care of you. And so he wants us to not take revenge, um, but that's what's happening. You know, we're taking matters into our own hands when we blow up. And so the next thing sometimes that we tend to do is to say, guess what? We tend to say, that means we, that's whenever we get mad and we're going around and we're talking about it because we're hurt. And so it makes us feel better to go and tell people about it. You know, this reminds me. Um, my kids have, I've talked about this before, have transitioned from homeschool into public school. And, you know, I had all kinds of anxieties and I was nervous. And, but they really transitioned well and have done really well. And, but I can, I can say this is probably the one thing that I think was the, the biggest um, hurdle or challenge is just school is a little bit dramatic, can, can you just admit that? Like maybe your kids come home and things blow up at school and like it's just kind of dramatic. It's a lot of he said, she said stuff and it's, it's so weighty. Like you can even see it on your kids or your friends. It's just, it's weighty for them to have to deal with all that, you know. And I can remember like when I was in school, you, if something happened and then, and then they go to all their friends and they're trying to like see how many people they can get on their side. So they want to make sure they tell them first. Like it's just messy, like messy, right? 
And so I think sometimes, you know, it, like, because things can just get blown up. It starts off small, and then it, by the end of the day, like by the end of the school day, it is just blown up. Parents are involved. School teachers are, I mean, it's just, it's silly, right? Have y'all ever seen that happen? Yes. And so, you know, the truth is, is I'm talking about school age, right? That's, that's what I'm talking about. But how many of you know that it still happens when people grow up? As adults, it happens in workplaces, it happens in churches, you know, it, and it can. It can happen even in our church. And I feel like it's even worse than when I was growing up because now you have text, you got Facebook, you have Instagram. So not only is it just about this one person going to their friends, it's for the whole world to see. They post the whole offense or they're texting. So two seconds later, it's not waiting until the end of the day. I mean, things are happening and exploding you know, even quicker than they used to, you know, and it just, it causes a lot of collateral damage. When we handle our hurt and pain that way, there are, it gets a lot of people involved that weren't necessarily involved in it to begin with, and so there's just a lot of hurt and pain and people that it didn't have anything to do with. And then in this, I love this scripture in Proverbs. It says, chapter 16, verse 28, it says, a perverse man stirs up dissension, and a gossip separates close friends. You know, and I thought it, it causes division. It causes separation. And it's talking about, it says it didn't just say friends. It said close friends. So that means it's our family. That means it's our people that we go to church with. Like, like gossip, it will cause separation between close friends. People that are close, it causes damage. And so it, it's, it could be people in your small group, people that you, people that you live life with. And so um, it's really hard. Uh, it, it creates just a difficult situation when people go from person to person. But they do that because it makes them feel better. The deal is, is there's some pain and there's some discomfort and there's some insecurities on the inside of them. And when they go and tell people, it makes them feel better. You know, I was reminded of this as I was preparing when my mom, when I was younger, of, of a crock pot. And so when I was younger, she would cook with a crock pot. She worked. And I would love when the days that she cooked with a crock pot because when you walk in, it smells so good, right? She would have a roast in there. And, oh, my gosh, it just smelled real homey and and it smelled so good. But the one thing that I didn't like about it was the fact that you couldn't see through the lid. Like you couldn't see what was on the inside because there was all that steam in there, right? And so one of the things, so of course, what's the first thing that I want to do? Lift the lid. And what's the one thing mama always says? Don't lift the lid. Don't lift the lid. And the reason why is because it's that steam and it's that heat and pressure on the inside that's cooking the dinner, and she says, it will delay, it will, it will delay the dinner. Don't open the lid, it's going to delay the dinner. And I thought, you know what, that's exactly what it reminds me of. When we go around talking, when we're hurt and offended, it's like we have some pain, we have some hurt, there's that steam in there, it's hot, and we want to just relieve the pressure. We want to lift the lid. So every time we go to someone, every time we tell somebody, we're just lifting the lid, we're relieving that pressure because it doesn't feel good. Pain and rejection doesn't feel good, and so we want to feel better, right? Well, just like, just like it delays the cooking time, it delays sometimes what God wants to do on the inside of us. Like God is trying to say, hey, 
Let's work through this. It's that pain right there. There's a root to that, that anger, that frustration, what you're feeling right there. There's a root to that. But we just, we feel better. We're like, no, I don't want to deal with that yet. I just, I don't, I'm just going to make myself feel better. And we feel better after we talk to people, but then we never deal with it. And so God is saying, don't, don't lift the lid. Just let me deal with it. Let, let's finish doing what I am wanting to do on the inside of you because I'm wanting to bring you to the next level. I see where you're going. You think this is a big deal. It's not a big deal. I'm bringing you, and it may be a big deal, not to minimize it, but in God's eyes, he's looking at the big scheme of things. He's looking at our whole life, and he's saying, if you can just get through this, I have got this for you. Like, I am ready. I want to bring you to the next level. So God's saying, don't lift the lid. Turn to your neighbor say, don't lift the lid. That's right. And God is more interested. He's more interested in our character than our comfort, always, right? And so it may not be, it may not be comfortable, but, he, but he's developing our character. So we can blow up. Or sometimes we can go around saying, guess what, guess what, guess what happened? Or sometimes we have a tendency to say, so what? And that, that's when we minimize it. And I, I honestly, you know, we minimize the offense. And I honestly can relate to this one as well because I feel like in the beginning of my life, this is what I did. It was like, well, so what? It's okay. It, it doesn't really matter. It's okay. It's, it's fine. It's fine. And the truth is, is I, I just didn't feel good enough. Like, well, I would always put other people before me. I just didn't feel good enough. And so I would be this, just, it's fine. It doesn't matter until, but it really did matter. And then, and then of course, over the years it built up and then it was blow up, right? So it really does matter. And we do things like this scripture in Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter six, verse 14, it says, my people are broken and shattered and they put on band-aids, saying, it's not so bad. You'll be just fine. But things are not just fine. I love reading out of the Message Bible because sometimes it just brings such clarity. You know, it's like it, it's in our terms. And so we act like that it's not a big deal, but we really are hurting. And when we put on Band-Aids, you know, think about it. If you put on a Band-Aid, the Band-Aid doesn't heal the wound. Right? We put on a Band-Aid to cover it up so it doesn't get infected or it doesn't get hurt again. And so we put on that Band-Aid to cover it up. A Band-Aid is a protector. It's not a healer. And then we cover it up. You know, at our house, uh, we could buy stock in Band-Aids. Like, we go to Costco. I try to find the biggest box that we have because it doesn't matter. Like, when my kids get hurt, they want a Band-Aid. It doesn't matter if it's bleeding or not bleeding. And sometimes I'm like, I don't I don't really see anything, but sure, here's a Band-Aid. <laughs> here's a Band-Aid. Because you know what? They feel better when it's covered up. They feel better when it's a Band-Aid. And I just feel like, you know, and I try to tell them, I try to tell them when they put that Band-Aid on, okay, look, at night, we have to take that off. It needs to air out so that it can heal. We're going to have to take it off so we can take a bath, so we can clean it and make sure it's clean. So you can't, you can't leave it on there too long, Right. And I thought, you know, sometimes we are just like, we can be just like that scripture in Jeremiah where we're putting on the band-aids and it's, it's, we think that it, we feel better. So we think that it's healed. It's not healed. We just covered it up. And so I, you know, it's kind of like alcohol or drugs. It just, it numbs the pain. So we feel better, but it's just a band-aid or sometimes it might be work. Or our own success. Like success feels good, right? It feels good to be successful. 
in our lives. And so, but sometimes you see those people that are just super driven, like just super driven and, um, and really it's a band-aid because of whatever rejection or whatever failure they feel like they are, they're going to cover it up with a success in another area. And so it tends to be a band-aid. We can have all kinds of band-aids in our life. And I think one of the ones that we see, obviously, because, you know, we're pastors and we're in the church, is Band-Aids at church. You know, people can use God. You can use God in church pretty easily as a Band-Aid because there's a lot of encouragement in church, right? It feels good at church. It feels good when, when we're hurting and we have these wounds in these other places, and then we come to church and we're able to serve, we're able to, you know, people are noticing us, and, and it feels good because we've been encouraged. But the truth is, is it's, it's we're using it as a Band-Aid. And that even happens whenever sometimes people, they get hurt in one church and go to another church, but it's a, that, that they never deal with the hurt or the root of the offense in the first one, and then they come to the next one, and they're wearing it as a Band-Aid. And so I love this quote. It says, offense is like an automatic weapon. Once you pull the trigger, it keeps firing. It affects every area of your life until it's exposed and dealt with. And so it's, it, we think that we're just shutting the door. Like, okay, we were offended and hurt at this one church, or we were hurt and offended at this one job, or this one, or the, my marriage before, but we think we're shutting the door, but it's just like that automatic weapon. If we are offended and hurt and haven't dealt with it, we've pulled the trigger. And it just keeps firing in every area of our life until it's exposed and we deal with it, which is exactly what God wants to do. And so spiritually speaking, it's, if we leave them alone, if we leave our past hurts and our, our offenses alone, it becomes toxic. Underneath that Band-Aid, it becomes toxic. And this scripture here in Hebrews says in chapter 12, verse 15, watch out that no bitterness takes root among you. For as it springs up, it causes deep trouble, hurting many in their lives. Bitterness is like a toxin. It is, it's like when our wound gets infected and it becomes toxic. And this scripture says, don't let it take root. When we don't, when we don't address our offense, then it takes root in our life. And it says deep trouble. It didn't just say it would cause trouble. It causes deep trouble in our lives. It means it's underneath the surface. There are, it's causing trouble in our lives. And it doesn't just hurt one person. It hurts many people in our lives, just like that automatic weapon. It's hurting many people, probably a lot more than maybe we even realize. So how do we respond? We don't want it to cause deep trouble, right? We don't want it to, to, we don't want to blow up on our friends and family. We don't want it to, to be toxic. We want to be healthy and whole and so how do we respond? How do we respond to a hurt and offense? And what is God's way of handling them? Well, the first thing we have to do is just realize that our offense affects our relationship with God. How many of you have ever done something? Like how many of you feel like that or can say, I've done something to hurt someone, to offend someone? Okay, so a little bit more than the first service, all right. Well, the reason, the reason why is because you don't feel like you go around hurting people. That's not your intention, but that's because you, we judge other people by their actions and we judge ourselves by our intentions, by our motives. And so then what happens is, is we say, well, we didn't mean to do that, right? I mean, like, I didn't, I didn't mean to hurt their feelings. Like, that wasn't on the inside of my heart. I wasn't trying to be malicious, but that's because we've judged ourselves by our intentions, but when somebody else does something to us, woo, 
no, no. We are like, they did it on purpose. Like that was their intention. And we are hurt and we're offended because we feel like that they intentionally did that to hurt us. And so we judge them by saying, how could they do that? Like how could they hurt us in that way? And so immediately what happens is we respond wrong because that's how we're interpreting it. We respond wrong and then it affects our relationship with God. So we have to know that it affects our relationship with God. In, in Luke, in chapter 6, verse 37 and 38, it says, Do not judge others, and God will not judge you. Do not condemn others, and God will not condemn you. Forgive others, and God will forgive you. The same measure you use for others is the one that God will use for you. I love this. And it's just saying we need to forgive because that's how we're forgiven. That's why we need to forgive. It's all tied together. And so we, when we're gracious, God is gracious to us. And when we're generous, he's generous to us. The scripture tells us right here that there's like this direct connection. And so we wonder why sometimes we don't feel forgiven. Like, God, why do I feel so heavy? And why do I not feel forgiven? But maybe it's because we don't have the ability to forgive others. We haven't forgiven others, and we feel like that there's this distance between us and God, or we feel like our prayers are just hitting the ceiling and bouncing back, like, God, why, aren't, why am I stuck? Why aren't things happening in my life? And it could be that unforgiveness is in our heart. It's tied to unforgiveness. You know, I used to lead um, in the children's area um, on and off throughout the five years. And so from time to time, I have served in the two-year-old's room and the walker's room. And, and at that age, they're holding, they're, you know, they get really attached to things. So they get attached to cars or blocks. And so they'll be holding it. And, and you cannot, like, don't touch it, right? Like, don't touch it. It's theirs. And so they're holding it. They're not going to let it go no matter what they're doing. And part of it is because they're afraid somebody else is going to pick it up. And so, but it, then it becomes, it becomes snack time. And so then they're like, they, oh, okay, they're excited. They want that snack. They come over there, but then they're trying to grab the snack and their hands are full. And so they, they, grab, they try to grab the snack and then they drop, drop the stuff, that, the car, and then they pick up the car and then they're trying to grab the snack and they're dropping more stuff. And all of a sudden then they're just frustrated and mad and they just drop everything, right? They're just mad. And so, you know, the problem was is that they couldn't receive the snack because they couldn't hold it all, right? And I feel like that sometimes it's because that's how we are spiritually. We're so busy holding on to things in our life that we can't receive the forgiveness that he has for us, that God has for us. I love that because... I feel like, you know, I used to kind of read that scripture or I guess just in the past, you know, when I, when I had read that scripture, it, I always thought, well, gosh, you know, God, God wants to, I thought God wanted to give us everything. Why is he saying, well, it's, you know, what you give me, the same measure that you give, then that's the same measure I'll give you. But this is, this is exactly why right here. It's because it's not that he wouldn't give it to you. God wants to give you everything that he has. He wants to give you freedom. He wants to give you forgiveness. He wants to give you the power that's inside of him. But it's, it is based on how we forgive and how we are generous because we're too busy holding on to all the hurt and disappointment and things in our life that we can't receive the forgiveness that we need in our lives. So that is why our response affects 
our relationship with God because it's our response. It's how much we give out. That's our capacity that we have to receive what God has for us. Isn't that good? And so if you, so you say, you know what, I don't want my relationship. I, I want to be able to receive all that God has for me. So the second thing is, is we have to acknowledge our hurts. If you want to receive everything that God has for you, the very first thing you have to do is just acknowledge that they're there, right? Amen? You have to acknowledge that they're there. So we can't stuff it. We can't ignore it. We can't pretend that it's not there. We have to just release it. And the Bible says, the Bible says that our hearts can be deceitfully wicked. And so sometimes we don't even know it's there, right? We're going off of our emotions, and our emotions, we feel better, but it says that our hearts can be wicked. And so that's why we have to be spirit-led. We had to ask God, God, show us. Because sometimes we don't even realize it. It's the obvious thing is that other people can give us offense and hurt in our lives. But sometimes do you know that our, we can be hurt by ourselves? You know, there was a time, like, in my life, I was forgiven by God. I was forgiven by my husband. But I hadn't forgiven myself. I, there was a part of me that hadn't forgiven myself. And so I think sometimes we leave that one out and we don't realize that, that, that how much we need that and how much we have to acknowledge the things in our life. In Psalms, it says, in chapter 39, verse 2 and 3, it says, I kept very quiet, but I became even more upset. I became very angry inside, and as I thought about it, my anger burned. This just speaks to everything that we've been talking about, you know, um, just confessing it to God. When we confess it to God and we acknowledge, we have to acknowledge it. When we acknowledge it, then that's where our freedom comes from. Because if we don't, it will burn our anger, that pain and that hurt will just burn us up on the inside. And there's a saying called, a saying that says, time heals all things. Time doesn't heal all things. That's not true. It's not even, that's not even biblical. But you hear people say it, time will heal it, time will heal it, time doesn't heal it, time doesn't heal it. So we have to make a decision to acknowledge our hurt and bring it before God. And let me just tell you, God can handle your questions. He can handle your frustration, your hurts, your anger. You can go to him and say, God, why? And he, he is a big God. He, and the truth is, you know what? He already knows it anyway. He knows the angry thoughts. He knows the frustration that you're feeling. He knows the pain that you're going through. He's just waiting on you to acknowledge it so you can be free and you can receive what he has for you. He already knows. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He's saying confess our sins. God's going to purify us. He'll clean it. He needs, you know, there was, I was talking about Band-Aids. You know, there was a point in my life where I could tell you and I could point out where the Band-Aids were. I could point out the places in my life and the events that had hurt me and said, there it is. It's right there. I can show you the Band-Aid. But God is saying, no, you have to take off the Band-Aid. If you want me to clean it, he's saying confess and I will, he will purify us. He's saying, I got it. We know where it's at but I need you to take it off so we can get it cleaned and healed and you can be set free. That's, he loves us. He loves you and he wants to see that in your life. The next is, the, ne the third thing is pray. Now, and I know that that sounds, it can sound cliche at church. It's saying, well, just pray about it, just pray about it. But there is power in prayer. There is power in prayer. 
In Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 and 44, it says, You have heard that it was said, love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, we can read this scripture all day long, but to walk this out is hard. Like, have you ever tried to pray for somebody? Like, I know we just read the scripture like, oh, just pray for your enemies. No. Like, you don't want to pray for your enemies. You're mad. You are mad. I mean, I know there's times whenever Jim and I are having passionate discussions and we might be a little frustrated. And, and so then all of a sudden he's like, okay, let's, let's, just, let's just pray. Like, we don't want to go there. You know, we don't want to go to that place. So let's just pray. And I do probably what every good, you know, pastor's wife would do. I'm like... No, no, I don't want to pray right now. If I'm just honest, I don't want to pray with you. <laughs> and so I'm just saying it's hard. Like I'm not telling you something that I, that I haven't experienced. It is hard. Or if, or if you just don't flat out refuse to pray, then you're, you pray, you're praying for them and you pray, Lord, just get them. Just do whatever you got to do. Just stop them in their tracks. Lord, show them what they're doing wrong. Like, just show them what they need to see and how they need to change and how they could be different. And I would be so much better and they wouldn't hurt me. Like, just, just let them see the light, Lord. Just let them see the light. Right? Like, I, somehow I'm thinking, I don't think that's how God intended when he was saying, pray for your enemies. The truth is, you know, I, the truth is hurting people hurt people. And so I think God is saying, just remember, hurting people hurt people. And so underneath whatever they're doing, there's probably some hurt there. And I want you to open your eyes, and I want you to see what they're going through. Because Jesus would, right? That's what he would do. And, um, and you know, there's the one that if, even, if, even if God doesn't change them right away, or he doesn't change them at all, then prayer changes us, Right? And so I feel like you can't win. It, I mean, you can't lose. It is a win-win because either they're going to change or you're going to change. Your perspective's going to change. Your heart's going to change. And a lot of times, like, I've, I've said, okay, I, I'm going to pray for him. And you know what God does? He speaks to me. And then here I am texting him. I'm so sorry, baby. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. I should, you know, I should be more patient. I, I didn't realize this. And I'm the one asking forgiveness because God changed me. So, so pray. Pray is a good thing. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27, it says, And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. How many of you have ever gone to bed mad? Oh, look at you, like three. Y'all are not telling the truth. I said, okay, first service, I said, I'm not even going to ask you anymore. Y'all aren't being honest. <laughs> but did you wake up better? No. You probably woke up a little more bitter. And your problem was bigger. It doesn't, we don't wake up better. And it's interesting because the definition of foothold says a secure position from which further progress is made. So when we stay angry, we're giving the devil a secure position in our lives to make further progress. That means that means that he could come in at any opportune time. So like the, the, the God is trying, the Holy Spirit's trying to speak to you and say, you know what, you should, you should go to them. And then pride is in our heart. We're like, we're not, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say first. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say I'm sorry first. I'm not apologizing. They can apologize to me. I wasn't the one that was wrong. And part of it is because we, we're the ones hurt, right? It's that offense. And then pride is in our heart. And we're like, we're not apologizing to them because they're the ones that hurt us. And so we 
when we do that, God is trying to say, look, I'm trying to shut the door on this. I'm trying to shut the door on the spirit of offense. And what you're doing whenever you say, I'm not doing it, and I'm, I'm going to actually sleep on it, is you're stopping. You're putting your foot in that, in that door that God's trying to shut. You're putting the foot in the door. And the devil says, uh-huh, I got a hook in. I have a secure position. And so now I can come back at any point in time because I have a spot in your, a place in your life, in your heart, in your spirit, and I can say things. And I can, I can make further progress in your life. I thought that was so powerful. And so you know what? When he says pray, I say, okay, let's pray. I may not be happy about it, but I'm yielding to that because I do not want a, a foothold in my life. And so I'm yielding to that. Yes, thank you. Thank you. That's hard to work. It's hard to do when you're mad. But then also just being quick. You know, we will text each other and say, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't, even with my kids, the other day I, I was a little short and I just came back and said, you know what, I'm so sorry that it wasn't, that wasn't your fault. Something else was happening and I just, you know, snapped and like was short with you, and I, I'm sorry about that. Please forgive me. Just being, being quick to say I'm sorry. So bringing it to God and not staying hurt and angry has a lot to do with the condition of our heart. And so lastly, we have to deal with the root of offense and hurt, and that's rejection. We have to deal with the root. And forgiveness at the very core and at the root of that is all, it's all about rejection. And this has been Satan's plan from the beginning. It's Satan's plan. He, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So whenever you're offended in your relationship or even at church, it's his plan. It's his plan to cause division. You know, in the beginning, starting with Adam and Eve, there's so many different life lessons that you can get from this story. But they're in this glorious garden, right? God's given them everything. They're in this garden. They can have anything. But he just says, don't eat from that tree. Just don't eat from that tree, the tree from the tree of knowledge and good and evil. Just don't eat from that one. And, and a lot of times, you know, looking at this story, we talk about temptation. Um, we talk about temptation, but really, he immediately Satan comes and is starting to stir up. This, it's this seed of rejection. It's this root of rejection in our lives. And you know what he's saying? He's saying, he's saying God said he's holding something back from you. God said you can't have that. So never mind that he gave them this wonderful garden, but he's, he is bringing this, he's stirring up that pot of rejection. He doesn't love you. He doesn't want the best for you. He's holding something back from you. He said that you couldn't have that. He really was holding something back from you because he is God and who he is. And he knew that you probably, he knew that Adam and Eve probably couldn't handle all the knowledge. And so he's holding it back because he loves him so much. But the enemy comes in with a seed of rejection and says, he doesn't love you. He's not really for you. You can't have that. He's holding that back from you. And so then it, it prompts a response of sin. A response of sin where we are, where, where she is um, taking it into her own hands. Where she is saying, you know, I'll, I'll take care of it. He must not love me. God is rejecting me. And so I'm going to reject him. And we see that so much in our lives. This scripture I wanted to share. It's Acts 8.23 and it says, For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. We are captive to sin when we hold on to hurt and offense. We're captive. I know this. I remember I've been captive to offense and hurt and even just bitterness in my life 
where everything looked good on the outside. I was doing the right thing. I was praying. I was going to church. It all looked good. But, but there was this one area that, that I hadn't given to God. God, I was saying, God, I'm still holding on to this. I'm doing all of this, but there's something that I'm still holding on to. And I remember when I realized there's hurt and offense, and I remember when I realized that this is what it was and, and, and that I needed to forgive. And, and even just, I remember like my life, it, was, it felt stressful. It felt hard. It felt heavy. And I remember thinking, okay, this is what I have to do. I remember the conversation. I remember where I was standing. And I remember it was like my heart was like this, like a tight fist. And I was like, okay, I, I just don't know how to physically do it. Like there's this between my head and my heart. Like how do I just let go because I am so hurt because I hadn't dealt with it. And it grew and built. And I'm like, how do I do that? And I love this scripture because it says it right here. It says in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. It all came back to my relationship with him. My God, my creator. It all came back to him. And ultimately, it all came back to a choice. Everything that I wanted to change in my life, everything that I didn't like, everything that it was stressing me out, everything that, that the enemy was giving, feeding me lies about, it all came back to my choice to trust God. And God is saying, I want, I need every area. I want to bring you to this place, but I need every area. And so I had to choose to trust him. People are people. They're going to fail us. They're going to disappoint us. And that's why God is saying, you have to put me first. You can't walk through life saying, you're never going to hurt me again. This will never happen again. It will. God is telling you offenses will come. And so he's saying, you just put your trust in me. Surrender it to me. And so then I repented. And I had to repent. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not putting you first. I'm sorry for not trusting you with my whole heart my whole heart. And when I did that, when I made him the focus, that's whenever I saw a refreshing from the Lord. That's when things began to change. It's not like God changed the situations. That's whenever a refreshing came for my life because God changed me. And it all, it all happened because I chose to trust and I chose to surrender. And I just believe that that's some of you here today. Some of you are holding on to those things, just like, just like in the walkers class, holding on to those things. You want things to change. You want life to be different, but, but you haven't let go of what you have. You don't have the capacity to receive what God has for you because you're holding on to a hurt and you're holding on to offenses. Some of you might be saying, you know what? I, I just, I haven't been responding correctly. I've been stuffing it. I've been blowing it up. I've been saying it doesn't matter, and it does matter. And I just believe that God is bringing that to light this morning in some of your lives. And I'm, I'm going to pray in a minute. I'm going to pray. Just, I just want to pray a, a prayer specifically for this, and then Pastor Jim's going to come up and close. But I'm going to pray for just, a, just strategic, just wisdom and grace for you to be able to move forward differently, to handle hurt and offenses differently, to be able to process them so that you can uncover that Band-Aid and God can heal it. And then lastly, I'm just going to pray. Some of you may not even know. You just say, you know what? Things are not working in my life. I wouldn't have even connected it. I'm good. 
I'm hurt. I mean, I'm not hurt. I'm good. And, and I just would just ask God, is it, it, is it because you're okay or is it because you've had that Band-Aid on for so long that you, you don't even know it's there anymore? You just have covered it up. And so I just want God to reveal, because I just want God to reveal this morning those areas. Maybe you haven't even been thinking about it, but I'm going to pray, God, I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would just speak to you this morning. So can we just bow our heads? I'm going to pray. God, I just pray against the spirit of hurt and offense. God, I bind the spirit of offense in Jesus' name and release the spirit of health and wholeness and restoration in life. God, I just pray that you would speak to the people here this morning. God, that you would speak to their hearts, speak to their minds. God, you know those areas. Some are known, some are not. Some are old, some are new. But God, you know, you already know. You know what we need to do. God, you know that what we need to do to be free. And God, I pray that you would just begin to speak to your people this morning and show them the areas in their heart, God. Give them the grace and the strength. I know how difficult it is to unfold our hand and say, God, I trust you. It's hard to trust when we've been hurt. But God, I pray that there is a, just a new grace to trust, to put you in that first position that first spot in our lives, God, that we would trust you above all things, above anyone else, that ultimately we trust you. And God, I just pray for freedom. I pray for freedom and breakthrough, God, in lives this morning. Lord, I pray that the enemy is exposed. And God, I pray that your power is at work in lives this morning and today. God, we trust you. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Thank you.